This is the Return to Order Moment with Edwin Benson. Bringing you insights, analysis, and information for a culture in crisis. Helping Cuba cast off the socialist yoke. If you want to know what so-called democratic socialists have in mind for the United States, you need only look 90 miles south of Florida. Ever since 1959, Cuba has been ruled by the sort of government that modern leftists crave. If you want to see how well this socialist utopia works, you need only look at the demonstrations that rocked Cuban cities. The best way to assist a downtrodden Cuban people escape socialism is for our government to support those demonstrators. So the return to order moment brings you a statement from the American TFP. President Biden, end Cuba's communist regime once and for all. As the communist Cuban government brutally suppresses protests in the streets, the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family and Property, TFP, joins those who deplore Marxism in all its forms to demand an end to the country's communist dictatorship. The time has come to rally around the abandoned Cuban people that have suffered this oppression for 62 years. Thousands have been arrested in the current protests. Many are killed and hundreds are missing. The government censors communication with the outside world and even blocks the internet. At this critical hour, the judgment of God and history will be severe should the anguished cry of protesters be ignored. The communist oppression in Cuba must be eliminated once and for all. Even as the violence increases, the left worldwide rallies around the communist government and shamelessly blames America for the present suffering on the island. They claim Cuba suffers because of the American embargo that forbids trade with the regime. America generously exempts food and medicine from its embargo. Moreover, nothing in the U.S. embargo stops Cuba from buying whatever it wants from other nations. Is it not ironic that Cuban communists blame the island's plight on the U.S. embargo of capitalist goods while working for 60 years to overthrow the capitalist system? Alas, the lifting of the trade embargo will not end, but only prolong the misery of the Cuban people. Blame for the crimes now playing out in Cuban streets must be placed upon those who directly and indirectly support this cruel regime. Direct support comes from nations hostile to America, like Russia, China, Iran, and Venezuela. Cuba also relies on the West's rich, quote-unquote, useful idiots who build infrastructure projects and make money off the blood, sweat, and tears of the enslaved Cuban people while living in the luxury of their townhouses and condos. The communist government sustains itself with tourist dollars that do not trickle down to the Cuban people. The regime counts on free publicity from the liberal macro-capitalist mass media that always present the failed communist state in a positive light. Despite all this direct support, Cuba, once called the Pearl of the Antilles, remains immersed in misery. Communism has never produced prosperity anywhere. More support comes from those who indirectly help the regime by taking up its cause. Take away this buttress, 
and Cuban communism would collapse. Leftists the world over are unanimous in their enthusiasm for Cuba, seeing it as the last great hope of communism after the fall of the Soviet empire. Liberals, socialists, and academics seem to gather courage from the fact that Cuba survives and defies the West. For this reason, groups like Black Lives Matter defend Cuba's repression of the protesters in the street. They see Cuba's communist cause as their own. Shamelessly, leftist governments and media worldwide have kept up a charade for decades, pretending that Cuba is a free nation with superior educational and medical systems. As Cubans die from COVID-19, deprived of proper health care, the left worldwide needs to stop this fraud and accept the truth. Cuba's vaunted health care system is a disaster. Communism is the reason for the poverty and misery of the Cuban people, and it must be denounced. The anguished cries of the Cuban people today are a rebuke to this leftist support for Cuban communism. Before God and history, they accuse the left for its complicity in the suffering and deaths of countless victims. God and history will judge even more severely the inexplicable support Cuba's atheistic regime has received from the Catholic left. From the beginning of the revolution, the Castro tyrants could count on high ecclesiastics and liberation theologians to point to Cuba as an evangelical paradise on earth. Tragic statements like that of then-Archbishop Agostino Casaroli in 1974, for example, who said that Cuban Catholics were, quote, happy under the socialist regime, unquote, of Fidel Castro. Over the decades, leftist priests and nuns have made, quote, unquote, pilgrimages to Havana and treated the bloody Castro brothers as revolutionary saints. As Cubans die in the streets, Friar Beto, a Brazilian Dominican, defends the island prison as a quote-unquote paradise for the poor. This subversive religious further excuses the regime's repression, saying, quote, The resilience of the Cuban people, nourished by Marti, Che Guevara, and Fidel, has shown itself to be invincible, unquote. The church's sinister silence about the plight of the Cuban people is made more tragic by the support of Pope Francis, who visited Cuba and showed sympathy for its leaders. About the present violence, he said, quote, I pray that the Lord might help the nation construct a society that is more and more just and fraternal through peace, dialogue, and solidarity, unquote. He did not call for the end of communism. He did not call for the end of the brutal regime. Calls for quote-unquote peace, dialogue, and solidarity under a regime that is increasingly unjust and unfraternal demand from Catholics a position of respectful resistance. Long ago, Brazilian TFP founder Plinio Correa de Oliveira affirmed and explained the right of Catholics to resist the Holy See's policy of detente with communist regimes as a matter of conscience.
Cardinal Ratzinger called communism, quote, the shame of our time, unquote. This shame must end once and for all. President Joseph Biden was recently forced to admit that, quote, communism is a failed system, a universally failed system, and I don't see socialism as a very useful substitute, unquote. The American TFP calls on the president to bring the failed system of communism to an end in Cuba. Let him have the courage to lead the world in denouncing the scandalous Soviet leftover that continues to oppress its people. Let him denounce the worldwide support network that keeps the Cuban people in misery. Cuba's problem is not the U.S. embargo, but the communist ideology and regime. This is a message coming from the protesters, many of whom are young. They do not want communism, but a freedom they never knew. Let us rid Cuba of communism once and for all. Cuba's communist ideology must be eradicated because it spreads like a cancer beyond the island to other nations in the Western Hemisphere and around the globe. Communism is a far more deadly virus than COVID-19. Thus, the American TFP asked President Biden to adopt diligently all the measures needed to effect this regime change and the immediate normalization of life for the Cuban people. The Cuban communist must not be allowed to suffocate the legitimate desires of the Cuban people yet again. At many protests, The people can be heard shouting, we are not afraid. Indeed, in the face of the regime's brutality, the Cuban people will have nothing to fear if they place their trust in the powerful intercession and protection of the Virgin of Charity of Cobre, patroness of Cuba. May she give the Cuban people all the graces and virtue necessary to attain their long-awaited freedom. Dated July 19th, 2021, The American TFP. The American TFP is sponsoring a major petition drive whose goal is to convince Americans' political leaders of the need to assist Cuba. We urgently request that you join us by adding your name to this important effort. Please go to www.tfp.org freecuba. And tell President Biden and others that U.S. policy must be one that extends natural rights and political liberties to the Cuban people. We will repeat this web address at the end of the podcast. This petition drive is especially important because many leftists in the United States openly support the Cuban socialist dictatorship. Mr. John Horvat discusses this curious alliance in his essay, Why Leftists Keep Backing Cuba's Communist Regime. The way the world treats Cuba is a mystery. There is no other way to describe it. Any ruthless military dictatorship should be denounced and ostracized. In the case of Cuba, there can be no excuse for failing to condemn its human rights abuses and expose its socialist-driven poverty. Its rabid persecution of the faith is unspeakable. Everything should be done to hasten the happy day when the country might again live in, quote, the liberty of the glory of the children of God, 
See Romans chapter 8, verse 21. However, this is not happening. Security forces are brutally suppressing widespread protests against the appalling conditions on the island. The regime will not accept Western medical aid, even though people are dying from COVID. The situation is ripe for a regime change, but it will not happen. Leftists the world over continue to express sympathy for this monstrous regime. They do not blame the communist government for the nation's ills, but America. Communist Cuba can do no wrong. A scandalous example of this support is the statements of the Black Lives Matter movement favoring the regime's suppression of the Cuban people, including many who are black. Other American leftists have remained steadfast in their insistence that Cuba's problems stem from the American embargo that prevents capitalist goods from rescuing the socialist disaster. The protests, violent crackdowns, and internet blackouts prove the extent of the undeniable misery on the island. These things also confirm that the leftist support is based on ideology, not sympathy for the suffering Cuban people. Cuba is a litmus test to see who is truly leftist. The greater the sympathy for the regime, the greater the person's degree of Marxism. The more appalling the conditions appear to the world, the more dogged is the support the left gives to this disgraceful tyranny. The leftists can be counted upon to disregard the most damning evidence that Cuba is an economic basket case. Hence, the mystery is at least partly solved. The left worldwide unites around Cuba for ideological reasons. Leftists see any hostility against Cuba as an attack upon their cause in general. However, this conclusion only explains part of the problem. It does not reveal why the left gives so much importance to the small Caribbean island. Cuba is much more than just a random communist country that oppresses its people as communists have always done. The left needs Cuba because it is an important symbol and rallying point. Leftists, Marxist guerrillas, and all liberals worldwide seem to gather courage from the fact that Cuba has defied the West for 62 years and survived. Cuba is so important because it is the sole survivor of the communist revolution of the 60s. It still retains something of the legend of those heady times when hardcore communism seemed to be the wave of the future. Western leftists have always held Cuba up as an example of that idyllic Marxist quote-unquote paradise where all equally shared the hardships of carrying forward the socialist future. The legend became more critical with the spectacular failure of the Soviet Empire in 1989. Imagine the left's discouragement at seeing this empire suddenly pulverized. It was a frightful psychological blow for card-carrying communists the world over. It was especially disheartening to the West's rich, quote-unquote, useful idiots who supported the communist revolution from the luxury of their townhouses and condos. The defeat proved embarrassing to liberal micro-capitalist mass media that presented the Soviet bloc as an immense world power. 
Indeed, the left can take some consolation as long as a communist Troy still burns in tiny Cuba, which radiates its evil influence to the three Americas and to the world. It will even tolerate the hordes of European and other tourists that fall over each other to support the island prison with their contaminated capitalist euros. Indeed, rather than deny the people's misery, the left embraces it. Thus, there is the tragic support of the Catholic left that has long seen Cuba as a bastion of evangelical or imposed poverty, where all are assumed to be happy, unencumbered by materialism. The supporters of liberation theology, ecological stewardship, and tribal religious currents find a sanctuary from Western consumerism in this atheist stronghold. They help perpetuate the brutalities, cruelties, and religious persecution that reigns in Cuba. Even the latest violence has not diminished the almost religious fervor of the Catholic left for communist Cuba. Brazilian Dominican Friar Beto defends the island prison as a quote-unquote paradise for the poor or homeless and a quote-unquote hell for the rich and powerful. He further excuses the present suffering of the Cuban people, saying, quote, The resilience of the Cuban people nourished by Marti, Che Guevara, and Fidel, has shown itself to be invincible. We must have recourse to this resilience and fight for a more just world and show solidarity. Unquote. One final advantage for keeping communist Cuba alive is that the nation became not only a symbol, but also a flag bearer for all leftists as they figure out how to push their nefarious agenda forward. Cuba is needed to keep the Marxist dream alive. The brilliant Catholic thinker, Professor Plinio Correa de Oliveira likened the situation of what is left of classical communism to that of a rusty old submarine. The communist crew is disheartened and asphyxiated by the unpopularity of leftist ideas. Communist Cuba plays the role of a periscope that also serves as a snorkel, providing oxygen to the crew members' languid lungs as they navigate in their sea of misery. Cuba keeps their hopes alive by proving that these pure communist ideas can exist in the real world. If communism still breathes today, it is because Cuba survives. The island prison serves as the periscope and snorkel to sustain the Marxists in their twisted and horrific convictions. That is why the left worldwide rushes to the defense of communist Cuba. Activists want to save the periscope and snorkel regardless of the consequences. They don't care how ridiculous they look. At this stage, the facts don't matter. The future of the left is at stake. While the regime suppresses the protests, the worldwide left acts as their vacuum chamber, completely silencing the screams from the streets. Thus, Black Lives Matter risks everything by issuing a blistering statement against the United States. 
Since 1962, it absurdly claims, quote, the United States has forced pain and suffering on the people of Cuba by cutting off food, medicine, and supplies, costing the tiny island nation an estimated $130 billion, unquote. The White House avoided any condemnation of communism for five days, attributing the unrest to, quote, unquote, mismanagement. President Biden finally admitted that communism is a quote-unquote failed system, but will take no significant steps to alleviate the plight of the Cuban people. Major leftist figures like Senator Bernie Sanders politely asked the Cuban government to refrain from violence, but do not hesitate to blame America for its cruel embargo. Liberal media also repeated the mantra that the American embargo lies at the root of Cuban misery. Lifting the embargo will only enable the communist regime to continue its oppression. The important thing to remember is that the Cuban crisis is not about Cuba. It is about the future of the left worldwide. The left knows this very well. Most in the Christian West do not comprehend the stakes. That is why a regime change is needed. That is why the world must be rid forever of the periscope and snorkel that keeps the left breathing. There is no other solution. The international TFP movement is an unswerving foe of leftism, communism, socialism, or any other shoots from Karl Marx's diseased tree. The final part of this episode of the Return to Order Moment is a statement of general principles In August 2010, the American TFP published 10 Reasons to Reject Socialism. 1. Socialism and Communism are the Same Ideology Communism is but an extreme form of socialism. From the ideological standpoint, there is no substantial difference between the two. In fact, the Communist Soviet Union called itself the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, from 1922 to 1991, and Communist China, Cuba, and Vietnam defined themselves as socialist nations. Number two, socialism violates personal freedom. Socialism seeks to eliminate quote-unquote injustice by transferring rights and responsibilities from individuals and families to the state. In this process, Socialism actually creates injustice. It destroys true liberty, the freedom to decide all matters that lie within our own competence and to follow the course shown by our reason within the laws of morality, including the dictates of justice and charity. 3. Socialism violates human nature. Socialism is anti-natural. It destroys personal initiative, a fruit of our intellect and free will, and replaces it with state control. It tends to totalitarianism, with its government and police repression wherever it is implemented. Number four. Socialism violates private property. Socialism calls for quote-unquote redistributing the wealth, by taking from the so-called rich to give to the poor. 
It imposes taxes that punish those who have been able to take greater advantage of their productive talents, capacity to work, or thrift. It uses taxation to promote economic and social egalitarianism, a goal that will be fully achieved, according to the Communist Manifesto, with the, quote, abolition of private property, unquote. Number five. Socialism opposes traditional marriage. Socialism sees no moral reason for people to restrict sex to marriage, that is, to an indissoluble union between a man and a woman. Furthermore, socialism undermines private property, which Friedrich Engels, founder of modern socialism and communism along with Karl Marx, saw as the foundation of traditional marriage. Number six, socialism opposes parental rights in education. Socialism has the state and not parents control the education of children. Almost from birth, children are to be handed over to public institutions where they will be taught what the state wants, regardless of parental views. Evolution must be taught. School prayer must be forbidden. Number seven, Socialism promotes radical equality. A supposed absolute equality among men is the fundamental assumption of socialism. Therefore, it sees any inequality as unjust in itself. Private employers are quickly portrayed as exploiters whose profits really belong to their employees. As a consequence, they rule out the system of wage earning. Number eight. Socialism promotes atheism. Belief in God, who unlike us is infinite, omnipotent, and omniscient, clashes head-on with the principle of absolute equality. Socialism therefore rejects the spiritual, claiming that only matter exists. God, the soul, and the next life are illusions according to socialism. Number nine. Socialism promotes relativism. For socialism, there are no absolute truths or revealed morals that establish standards of conduct that apply to everyone, everywhere, and always. Everything evolves, including right and wrong, good and evil. There is no place for the Ten Commandments, neither in the private mind nor in the public square. Number 10. Socialism mocks religion. According to Karl Marx, religion is, quote, the opium of the people, unquote. Lenin, founder of the Soviet Union, agreed, quote, religion is opium for the people. Religion is a sort of spiritual booze in which the slaves of capitalism drown their human image, their demand for a life more or less worthy of a man. Unquote. May God protect America from socialism. This concludes Helping Cuba Cast Off the Socialist Yoke. Thank you so much for listening. At this point, we want to remind you of the importance of our petition drive in favor of the Cuban people in their desire to throw off communism. Please go to www.tfp.org free Cuba and add your name to this vital effort. 
Again, that web address is www.tfp.org slash freecuba. Return to Order, of which this podcast is only a part, strives to be a source of light in a dark and disordered world. Your prayers are appreciated. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we ask you to subscribe and give us a five-star rating with the service through which you are listening to it. Increased subscriptions and high ratings mean that more people will be directed to the Return to Order moment when searching for new podcasts. So by rating us, you can help Return to Order be more effective. In addition, subscribers gain access to all previous episodes of the Return to Order moment. We would also like to recommend the book, which spells out our motivations behind our work. Mr. John Horvat's book, Return to Order, is available as a free download through our website, www.returntoorder.org, or in printed and recorded form through our bookstore. All rights are reserved. Copyright 2021 by the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, TFP.